Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, did you guys hear what happened to Grandma? I heard that she got run over by this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. First, I wanted to give a little bit of a scheduling update for what is happening in December for Potterless. Monday, the 24th, is Christmas Eve and... Monday, December 31st is New Year's Eve and the fifth Monday in December. So here's what's going to happen. The 31st will definitely be some sort of live show of sorts. And for the patrons, I will not charge as is the normal. I don't charge more than four times in a month on Patreon. Hopefully I'll be able to get another full fledged episode out of Potterless on the 24th. But in case life gets busy and things, it might be something from a live event. That doesn't mean it's bad. I don't get why people skip the live stuff. It's very good. It's just easier to edit and takes me less time, which is nice because it'll be around the holidays. So Today's episode, obviously, is going to be Movie 5. The 17th will be the final of Movie 5, and then the 24th will either be the first of Movie 6 or something from a live show, as will be the 31st. Definitely something from a live show. So thank you all. Enjoy your holidays, whatever you're celebrating. Safe travels for everybody that's traveling. Stay safe out there. Have fun. I hope you get everything that you've desired on your wish lists, and I hope you got everybody Potterless merch on the merch store. Speaking of good tidings and me being happy, we've new patrons. Welcome to the team. So shout out to Katrina Longo, Amy Carney, Paige Murphy, Mike Pulowski, Sandra Stye, Franka Ziesler, Madeline Heising, Luke, Jen Perdue, Mila Koika, Rachel Smith, Grace and Rachel, and the returns of Meg McCourt and Jimmy Block. Shout out to Jordy Wright, who upgraded to the producer level status, as well as our new producer level patrons, Melanie Demi, Bill Gill, and a happy birthday wish to Bella Barlack. They join the ranks of Vicky Aaron, Jesse, Natalie, Cloud, Frank, Marchismo, Samantha, Juan, Abid, Rosemarie, Marie, Lisa, Romina, Kamel, Audra, Eleanor, Rossanne, Nikita, Taylor, Ali, Amelia, Sarah, Ben, Rachel, Zachary, Orchid, Vivian, Takari, Haley, Moster, Angelina, Caitlin, Grace, Raul, Ingen, Mari, Alex, John, Noel, Tao, Emily, Robin, Will, Liz, Brandon, Sarah, Claire, Rory, Gloria, Sarah, Patrick, Aliket, Veronica, Lada, Noah, Tracy, Colleen, Jennifer, Friday, Ivor, Naomi, Tyler, Summer, Heather, Vera, Carrie, Andrea, Ella, Anthony, David, Lisa, Lynn, Cameron, Justin, Christine, Jacob, Toothless, Maya, Mark, Polly, Netta, Remy, Sarah, Nona, Zena, Harlan, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny, Nikki, Cara, Courtney, Kine, Amanda, Sabrina, Alicia, Kafir, Lindy, Martha, Benjamin, Sarah, Marta, Stephanie, Justin, Aaron, CJ, Eileen, Violet, Kat, Lindsay, Fielding, Keegan, Miranda, Gail, Mr. Folk, Adam, Christina, Maya, Zachary, Kieran, Heaven, Christy, Lily, Wire Warrior, Floor, Siri, Georgia, Itzel, Topher, Peter, Candy, Skyla, Adele, Professor, Threat, Kelsey, Lubin, Malaya, Lena, Daniel, Lidalili, Elizabeth, Abby, Liga, Michael, Earmuffs, Kara, Tiffany, Kelly, Nadia, Carrie, Jamie, Camilla, Connie, Mary, Emos, Anastasia, Jaden, Nedry, Matt, Riley, Will, Zephyr, Brett, Samantha, Kayla, Lauren, Aurora, Emma, Hermione, Megan, Out of Context, Liam, Melena, Marcos, Ella, Hannah, Courtney, Victoria, Marique, Ashton, Brittany, Phelan, Julie, The Meadows Family, Jennifer, Anna, Fake, Brianna, Karu, Teru, Sarah, McKenna, Six Awkward Nine, Anthony, Peter, Heather, Dead Cat Lady, Javi, Darlene, Brad, Thomas, Charlotte, Brianna, Kevin, Lori, Patrick, Chrissy, Alex, Boogaboo, Jarl, Haley, Emma, Ashley, Peter, Sophie, Jack, Jan, and T Pixel Guy, Nicole, Out of Context, Callahan, Kylo, Leah, Melissa, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Who never fail to understand what the Delta Airlines employee is saying about available seats, so much so that they end up wasting their own time and the other person's time because they get stuck with their original seat anyway. If you want to be like one of these amazing patrons and get access to exclusive merchandise, exclusive live streams, bonus episodes, director's commentary, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Potterless. But without further ado, let's get into episode 105 of Potterless, the second of two parts about the movie adaptation of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, guest starring Daniel Kinnaman and Jakiva Phillips. 
internet, and welcome back to another episode of Potterless, the tale of a 27-year-old man who never read the Harry Potter books as a kid. He did as an adult, and now he's watching the movies. My name is Mike Schubert. I'm that grown man, and I'm here joined again by some lovely Seattle improvisers that I made a bunch of silly make ups with in my yesteryear. It's Daniel <laughs> Kinnaman and Jakiva Phillips. Daniel, Jakiva, how's it going? Good. Oh, it's going great. It's oh, going Mike, great. I remember our time on the front lines like it was yesterday. Yes, the front <laughs> lines of improv will somebody make a scene initiation will i be a pirate will someone in the front row be too drunk and yell out inappropriate things (laughs) will we ask for a suggestion and will someone say dildo yes yes somebody will always say dildo you're doing our introductions and you, uh, everyone was going up on stage. I was yelling everyone's name. Then the world's drunkest person got on stage right after you, Mike. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Just some guy got on during the player intros. Yes, I recall this, but I remember not seeing it because I was the last person to go. And then I was giving my <laughs> teammates high fives. And then I turned around on stage and there was just a drunk dude there. Yeah. And I was <laughs> I just thought he's not supposed to be here. What is that? <laughs> oh, I do remember that. They, they obliged. I do remember that. I remember the show where I was hosting where a certain person who shall remain nameless was like heckling me the whole time, but like positively heckling me. Mm. It's like, you're so beautiful. Uh, oh, I remember <laughs> like, this. I was also at this show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't say anything. Yeah, I've never seen someone get kicked out of a show for being too nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing. Like when you get drunk, you just become aggressively nice. <laughs> I want you to go to college and get a false scholarship. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody hold my hair back. I do remember Jakiba when you'd host shows and people would be talking in the crowd. My favorite thing that you would say to get people to shut up would be, this isn't TV. We can hear and see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. My favorite was when I treated them like they were fifth graders and I just like stopped talking for a minute. Yeah, that's the one I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they'd all be like, "Oh, oh, what's happening? I'd just be like, Cool. <laughs> Back on track. Jakiva, you have a very convincing, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed mm-hmm. aura when you need to, and it's very effective. I'm always mad. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always disappointed. Yeah. That, that is my secret. <laughs> I'm like the Hulk in the Avengers. Right? <laughs> my secret, I'm always angry. <laughs> I had to do this at a, a live show for Potterless once. I was saying something. I was doing a debate with Lauren Shippen. And, and uh, while I was trying to give my case, someone was saying something in the crowd. And I know this person. They're incredibly nice. But they were trying to talk. And I just had to scream, this isn't your live show. And then I kept going. <laughs> <laughs> it's my live show. People paid to see me. <laughs> I'm number one big boy today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where did we leave off? We left off at the Ministry of Magic, right? Scene number three. Yes. (laughs) We're going to really have to cram the rest in. It's okay. It's It's always funny when we do the movie episodes because the first one always takes the longest because we usually take a few minutes just to talk about overall in the film. And then I tweet about it and I say, hey, if anyone wants to watch the movie and get caught up before this first episode releases, just watch through this scene. And then people on Twitter will be like, that's 13 minutes into the film. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing a deep dive. What did you talk about for an hour? When we last left our heroes, they got out of an unjust trial. So we've got a scene 
between Sirius and Harry, where Sirius is God, showing Sirius, my love. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> keep talking, keep talking. Where he's showing Harry the old Order of the Phoenix photo, which in the books, this was Moody earlier when mm. they were breaking Harry out of the Dursleys in the movie to make the series. And you get a great zoom in of Neville's parents, the Longbottoms, and it zooms in on them. And then you've got Frank looking at Neville's mom and then looking back. And I've met James Payton, the actor who played Frank, and oh. he's an absolute delight. And he had like a whole panel talking about this scene, which is this one. And then later on, when Neville's talking about his parents, it's the same kind of thing. And it was it was just interesting to hear someone talk in great detail about a four second scene in a movie. Yeah, you basically had to <laughs> pose for a picture, but move a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, James, the guy who played him, he's really funny. And he was just talking about how he knew it was such a minor thing and he didn't initially want to be in it. And then whoever was in the film that was casting for it was like, yo, it's Harry Potter. You don't say no to this. Right. No, it's small, but just be in it. <laughs> but also what he did, which was interesting, is that James Payton did a lot of I forget what the acting term for it is, where you stand in and read lines for other people when they're filming and that actor isn't there. Oh. Stand in. I think it's called stand in, but that felt too easy. <laughs> it felt too on like the it nose. Needed an official title. <laughs> yeah, but he did a bunch of that for the Harry Potter movies. And I think he's also been doing it for the Fantastic Beast movies, too. Which is kind of fun. Nice. Do you, okay, wait, wait. Okay, so quick, 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 super quick diatribe. Not even a diatribe. It's not the yes. right word. Oh shit, this is becoming longer than I wanted it to become. Oh boy, mm-hmm. here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Has anybody seen the Fantastic Beast movies? No. No? Shoes? Yes, they're bad. You, oh, okay. They're garbage. Oh, shit. Okay. Another time, we'll break this down. Over another bottle of red wine. Touched a nerve. Yeah, we totally did. <laughs> the first one's fine. The second one is truly terrible. The crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah, the true crime is that this movie was made. Me. Ooh, burn. <laughs> okay, no, okay, so sorry, so sorry. Okay, well, Shubes, you and I will break this down at a later date mm-hmm. about how you feel about it. Yes. But let's mm-hmm. continue on. So we're, this is also a super quick thing. One of my favorite things about the Harry Potter universe and the movie are just like how the photos slightly move. Yeah. Because I think that's what I want all photos to do. Is like be a little bit like memories. Have you owned an iPhone before? Because now it's just live photos. It's just a live photo at this point. I know, but like, I don't know. Back in like <laughs> 2001 when the first book came out, which, uh, you know what I mean? It's like photos were just photos. Mm-hmm, they were just mm-hmm. like boring. Yes. Like now to think about like photos can actually be a little bit alive mm-hmm. and like you can still see people and like see their essence is like kind of fun. Anyway, yeah. that's just my, it's one of my tiny things about the Harry Potter verse that I really like. You can like send secret messages. <laughs> be like, yo, go to your other portrait, ancient Slytherin guy. Go. <laughs> that would be Phineas and Igelis Black. Oh, there one of you my go. favorite characters. <laughs> so you then get into when Harry's getting on the train his first of the Voldemort visions that start to happen in this movie. Voldemort's looking good. That's a cool suit. I was going to say, Voldemort in a suit? Like, (laughs) okay, Voldemort. Like, I didn't think the no-nos could work, but you're kind of making it work a little bit. (laughs) Voldemort had to get that suit tailored. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how did he go out and get it tailored? I I want a little tighter around my ankles. That's what you say when getting a suit tailored. Yes, I did just get my tux fitted. That's what I said. Okay, so this is probably really obvious, Mm -hmm. but this is a fun fact that I learned. So uh, Voldemort is like the only character in the Harry Potter like universe whose name changes depending on like which country 
the ah. book is being transcribed in because like his initials always have to be like I am Lord Voldemort, right? Oh, um, right. So like his name kind of changes throughout like if it's in Italian versus if it's in French versus if it's in English. Right. Like his name slightly changes. I think in France they had to do it where his middle name is Elvis. Yeah. That's very good. I think you're right. I think it's French, but yeah. It it is just a very fun fact to be like, "Oh yeah, I guess that would make sense," but it's kind of cool. Right. Some of the other names change a little bit. For the most part, they keep the names the same. But for some, I know Snape in some languages has a very strange name. I would just recommend everyone Google it. There's a whole list of all the different names. But yeah, Voldemort, you're right, is always the trickiest because it has to spell out I am Lord Voldemort and Tom Riddle and all this other stuff has to work. So yeah, his changes the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Albus Dumbledore is like Albus Silente in Italian. Silente. Is is Brian still the same? <laughs> yes, Albus Wolfric Brian Silente. <laughs> yeah, you have to put the pause in there. <laughs> I also think that Quidditch in I want to say Norwegian is called Rumpledunk instead what? of Quidditch, and that's I so love much. That. Better. Word. J.K. Rowling steal that word. Rumpledunk? I would watch Rumpledunk. Yeah. I would hate Quidditch so much less if it was called Rumpledunk. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I would love to play Quidditch. I'm not going to lie. Quidditch is another thing. I'm like, that would be super fun. Very to play. dangerous. Very scary. Well, yeah. No guts, no glory, bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people looking fresh in clothes, in addition to Voldemort looking great in the suit, Draco looks great Ooh. in his turtleneck and blazer combo. Ooh, baby. What is this, 1994? Like, ooh, I wear a blazer and a turtleneck with my middle part? Gross. Ooh, is he trying to dress as a beetle or like a Murdoch from I think he's just trying to dress as a twat. The gorillas? A t- <laughs> Mission accomplished. Here's the thing. Let me go on the defensive of Draco's outfit choice here because oh, recently do. I went to an Austin Powers themed birthday party. <laughs> getting oh. worse. All of your explanations are getting worse. And I went as number two, which means I had to wear a black turtleneck mm. and a gray suit and the eye patch. But before I put on the eye patch, I looked at myself in the mirror and I thought, I don't hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. And I went to Kelly. I was like, Kelly, does this look good? And she's like, yeah, it's not a bad look. <laughs> so catch me at your next Christmas party rocking a gray suit and black turtleneck. <laughs> I guess the 90s really are coming back. You just got to turn your like bleach your hair and like rake it into helmet shape. No, don't, yeah. don't, don't. No, I would never dye my hair. I'm not going to do that to my hair. That's how you murder your hair. Okay, well, it's working for Draco. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's natural. It's not. It is objectively his worst quality and I'm including his personality. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, was the turtleneck uncomfortable? That is my recollection of a turtleneck but it's been probably 20 years since i've worn one it was not that bad i think you have to get a a nice one but my turtleneck it wasn't super tight which made things nice but (laughs) the unfortunate thing is that it is very warm Mm. so i did by the end of the night have to ditch the blazer and roll up the sleeves which kind of defeats the purpose of the look but yeah, it's not that it was uncomfortable, but I was a warm boy. Yeah, I love turtlenecks because I'm always cold. So mm. if you run a little cold, the turtleneck might work for you. Oh, yeah. Draco's just trying to stay comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Draco, he's always cold. Yeah, Draco's just runs cold. A little bit after this, we get our first instance of a Thestral, which I like to call bony ponies. <laughs> very fun. <laughs> very I'm glad we got to see them. They look very cool. I appreciated everyone making fun of Luna here. We meet Luna. Oh. Sorry, did I jump ahead? 
head. No, no, no. I'm eyeing that Hermione's pause where she mistakenly calls her Looney instead of Luna is just she waits about 12 seconds to correct herself. She's like, this is Looney. <gasps> oh, Hermione. <laughs> Luna Lovegood. <laughs> and in the books, it's Ginny who introduces them to Luna. They've changed it to Hermione here. But yeah, Hermione could not have handled this any worse. Yeah. But she's like talking about Nargles stealing her stuff and everyone's like, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> what a dork. Now let's get on the invisible carriage pony and go to magic school. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that they're dismissive. Nargles aren't real, you idiot. Yeah. Let's go on this magical carriage. <laughs> Yeah, they change this in the books, Chikiva. Luna is introduced on the train when Harry has to find a seat by himself because this is something that's just completely removed from the film is that Hermione and Ron are selected as prefects. So they get to go in the separate prefect carriage. So Harry has to find a seat by himself. So he ends up sitting with Neville and Luna. And it's one of his instances of being like, oh, no, I'm sitting with the weird people. But, oh, you know what? These weird people are my friends. And... That's where you get more of an introduction to Luna. And it's a it's a less crappy intro to her because I think the movie it gets better as it goes because Luna is so great in this film. Yeah. Ivana Lynch absolutely kills it. But yeah, early on it's kind of like, this girl's weird. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they found a monster earlier in the movie that shows you all your fears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Nargles. That can't be real. Okay, so question. Mm -hmm. So I know what like the word prefect means, but like what does prefect mean like, in the Harry Potter verse? Is it the same thing or like what is what pretty is pretty similar? No, it's an RA. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. It's a it's basically an RA. Yeah. Okay. You're cool. a hall monitor. You get selected to it if you are a combination of good at school and respected by your peers, I guess. Mm. Uh, Percy was one throughout the series. No one likes Percy. And you just Percy Jackson? Nobody likes him. The lightning thief? Percy Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> yes, crossover event of the century. <laughs> what? what? Just because you're a lightning thief doesn't mean your friends will like you in the wizarding world. <laughs> <laughs> so they get into Hogwarts and they're having the opening ceremony, the opening feast. And they first announced that Professor Grubbly Plank will be serving as the Care of Magical Creatures professor while Hagrid is away temporarily. And then it pans over to Snape, who just claps three times very softly and no one else does. And I love it. I love it so much. Good. Mm, wonderful. Yeah. I do love Snape. I just like that purely deadpan kind of haunting mm. oh, yeah. way of being. It just, I fucking love it. And it doesn't even stop, like, even when, like, panic sets in, like, when he takes, like, Harry down to the basement and they, like, there's a big reveal about, like, Voldemort. And he's just, like, he's still very calm and collected. Yeah. He's calm, but he's got his shoulders, like, back past his hips. And he does a lot of, like, whooshing around the room. Like, what? What, <laughs> <laughs> Potter? Did you look in my brain? Oh, I love it. Okay, so we're skipping ahead. Yeah. But just time out for a second. But that whole point where it's like we like go into like Snape's head and like Harry's dad used to bully him. And I was like, ooh, touched a nerve, yeah. did we? Juicy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was pretty It was pretty interesting. 
Anyway, let's continue rewind, on. Rewind, rewind. Yeah, we'll get there. Rewind. We'll get there. Linearly. So then there's some great cinematography. The framing that they do is when Dumbledore, after announcing the Grubbly Plank thing, is announcing that there's a new defense against the dark arts professor, and Snape is in the middle of the frame, but then the announcement is that it's Umbridge seated on Snape's left. I thought that was very clever and very well done. Yeah, record scratch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was very insidious, which is very much her nature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, no, she's not the center of attention, right? Like, I mean, she her, her character by nature demands gravitas, mm-hmm. but like the way that you play that kind of a character and the way that you portray that kind of a character is that they actually don't want the spotlight, right? But then they kind of do. So that's why you put her off to the side, right? Mm. Like you can, you see her, you notice that she's there, but you know, she doesn't immediately insinuate herself as somebody who wants attention. She plays it innocent and that's her true insidiousness. I definitely appreciated that cinematography. Mm -hmm. And then also the classic misdirect that you think they're going to say Snape, but then, uh uh-uh, it is not. That's true, yeah, that too. Even worse. (laughs) (laughs) So they cut back to Dumbledore when he's talking, and then I realized there is so much residue wax on the candlestick holder. It is wild. (laughs) There is way too much wax on there. Clean it off. Filch, what are you doing? Do your job. Get the house elves out here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many times did you watch this movie that, like, this is a complaint? Like, because nobody would notice that the first time watching this movie. Jakiva, I don't know if you've ever listened to Potterless before, but all I do is point out little nitpicky bullshit all the time. (laughs) I know, but that's uberly nitpicky even for you. (laughs) I I watch these movies with a fine-toothed comb so that I can make as many tiny jokes as possible onto this comedy podcast. (laughs) Okay. Because I notice some bonkers stuff that just goes undetected. Like in the fourth movie, when they're at the Quidditch World Cup final and they're watching Ireland play in the finals, some people have a giant sign that says Topo the Morning. Oh yeah. Why the fuck would you bring that to the Quidditch World Cup (laughs) finals? But it's just in the very background. Okay, look. But that's Mike Mike. So stereotypical. Mike. First of all, this is the kids show. Well, not a kid's show, but you know what I mean. It, it appeals yeah, yeah, yeah. to a younger audience, so of course they're going to have some shit like that. But also, I will just say that like, uh, there's a little thing called uh, suspension of disbelief, mm. which is like... What? Yes. There's a little thing called suspension of disbelief, and I feel like it's plausible that these candles can have wax on them. You know what? They didn't earn me ignoring the excessive candle wax, okay? (laughs) They did not set that up appropriately. It's not that the candles can't have wax, it's just how can you go that long without cleaning it off? They got shit to do at Hogwarts. No, they don't. (laughs) I watch this movie, no one goes to class at all. They just take a test. (laughs) The schools close the whole summer, like over the summer, clean it, come on. Anyway, uh, you get Umbridge coming in and she gives her monologue, which is, again, you just hate her so much. It's incredibly well done. She says this quote, something along the lines of progress for the sake of progress must be stopped, which is bonkers. She said progress for the sake of progress must be prohibited. And I totally wrote that down because that was another red flag for me. I was like, uh, what? Mm -hmm. So again, tying this like not to be like Jock and Dickensian or but like it reminded me a little bit of like shit that's going on right now, like discouraging the young people and like trying to like preserve traditions. And so like very much reminded me of like 
school shootings when like people like kids are like protesting and people are like trying to tell the kids like oh like you don't really recognize like the second amendment's like a thing and it's like important and there are a bunch of kids being like no but why is this important because like i just saw my friend die Mm -hmm. like not to get too real on this podcast but that's one of the first things that came to mind was like how young people are mad and angry and are trying to like fight against the things that like are ailing them and then like it's the older generation telling them like oh this is progress for the sake of progress we got to keep tradition and it's like why do we have to keep tradition which i think yeah. that was it ron who said that when it was, everybody was clapping and then like ron is like are we cla- was that a speech <laughs> i think ron says what a load of waffles okay yes, he, so it was he says okay, that's what, it was. what a load of waffles it was definitely like a moment of like everybody's clapping and he was the one person being like uh what yeah. and i was like yeah that's true yeah like, why are we clapping for this right now yeah there's a lot of adults treating the kids like as like um i remember when you felt or i felt that way and mm-hmm. i learned better as I yeah. got older. Oh, also, like, I don't know if anybody else notices this, but, like, throughout the whole movie, she really just kind of looks like Jackie O, but especially, <laughs> like, during that speech. And I was like, what is the point of this? Like, again, like, is this symbolic? I don't know. I'm going to assume that people who created these movies are very intelligent and smart and know exactly what they're doing. So I'm going to say that that was in a certain degree intentional, right? Like, the looking proper, looking fashionable, yeah. looking on point. Oh, yes. It's a very intentional choice for her to be very uptight and and uh, the whole time. Yes, but Jackie O specifically, like and, in terms of her wardrobe, but like Jackie O specifically, like, yes, she was also just like a symbol of like sort of the perfect woman in that time. Mm. But it's almost like a little farcical that she's dressed up like that, being such a terrible person, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So she's trying to appear to be the model person, uh, the yeah. cosmopolitan person that people want to see and want to love and want to emulate, but she's not the person that you would ever want to emulate. Yeah, I think she definitely is proactively trying to cover up her like inner ugliness right. with mm-hmm. like, mm, I'm so sickly sweet and my cat, my apartment is covered in cat plates, which we'll get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, and also in the books she's regularly described as like toad looking in the movie they didn't cast a lady that looks like that they still call her i think ron still calls her toad face at some point yeah he does ron a little harsh yeah not not the nicest but yes i think that's the thing is especially with her loving the color pink and cats and all this stuff it's this whole facade of look at me i'm just a sweet harmless old lady but no 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 i'm the worst oh yeah just like in that room later on which we'll talk about oh hell no yep 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 we'll get there so after the speech you go to all of the kids hanging out in the gryffindor common room and this is the first time where some people are awkward with harry because the newspapers have been talking smack about him the whole time yeah seamus throws down here oh yeah seamus gets real he does he does while this throwdown is happening though i noticed that in the background there is alternative rock music playing in the gryffindor common room how the fuck did they do this because technology doesn't work in hogwarts it's a thing that's established in the books is that no technology works so how is there just some mid-2000s alt-rock <laughs> happening in the background while Seamus is like, my mom thinks you're bad. <laughs> have you been watching uh, Watchmen? I have not, but I've heard it is good. Oh, there's a character who's been exiled to like a no-technology zone, and he listens to a bunch of reggae on a little phonograph type thing <laughs> that he has to wind up. Oh. He's got a little record. Yeah. 
Uh, so that is how. There you okay, go. Okay, that's what they did. They were like, hey, did you get the new Foo Fighters album? Yeah. Did you get it on phonograph so we can play it in school? <laughs> yes, I did. Keep cranking, Neville. <laughs> also, there's part of me that's like, maybe it's some kind of spell, right? I don't know. I cast alternative rock. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to iPod, it's iCast. Yes. <laughs> I cast the all-American rejects. <laughs> Um, But that moment does remind me. So uh, there's a lot of, I mean, this happens a lot, right? Where it's like people sometimes like stand up to Harry and like, quote unquote, stand up to Harry in these like little moments, right? Mm -hmm. Like Seamus did. And then everybody around him is like really quiet. Mm -hmm. And it just, it reminded me of like Martin Luther King Jr. Like when he says like, it's not the shouting of our enemies. We remember it's the silence of our friends. Mm -hmm. And so like this whole idea that like, in a public place where like you're being called out and everybody's silent, whether or not you believe him or don't or whatever, but like just letting somebody be publicly attacked. It was very interesting. I don't know. I listened to NPR earlier today before I watched this movie. So I guess my lens is through like this like NPR intellectual bullshit. I don't know, but it's just, a, it's something that like I recognized when I was watching it and it's like, you know, Ron was really the only one to stand up and be like, I stand by my friend, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Ron, right? right? And that's yeah. also It's a good Ron brothers. moment. Oh, yeah, I love it. Which Ron. is great because in the movies, Ron is made to be so much worse than he is in the books. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy that one of the first things Ron does in this movie is stand up for Harry and do a really good job of it. Mm-hmm. So that that made me happy that they finally let one of the good moments of the books where Ron is good they kept it in the movie and made me very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although that follow-up scene where like then Ron comes and checks in on him and Harry's like kind of pissy. And then like a to your point last episode where it's just like, you know, him like being moody, but like not moody enough. Yeah, he never actually says the thing. Yeah, it's like I kind of yeah, don't really, establish it. Yeah, I wanted him to be even bitchier in that yeah. moment though, right? Like I really wanted him to like have even more of a freak out mm-hmm. with all of that. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think that the movie does a good enough job of letting you know that Harry is really angry because of all of the Cedric stuff. They let you know that he's scared and freaked out and you have the dreams and Voldemort's there and all of that. But I think you lose a little bit of how much this is bothering Harry in his day to day. Mm -hmm. And he's lashing out on friends, people in the Order of the Phoenix, classmates throughout the whole book in the beginning. And I think that this is a part of the movie where they're trying to show that, but you haven't really understood it. So it just seems, it seems a little out of place to someone that doesn't know what happens in the book. I think it feels like he kind of came out of nowhere. Or why are you so mad? Ron just stood up for you. It totally seems that way. It totally seems that way. So then Harry goes to sleep and he starts having another one of these Voldemort dreams. But this is the first one where it's a bunch of things cut together and I find all of these dream things throughout the movie to be really funny I don't think that they're scary (laughs) or intimidating or anything I think they're all hilarious no they look a little bit like music videos (laughs) oh yes this one in particular ends with a shot of a windswept Voldemort Mm -hmm. looking at a camera on the ceiling (laughs) with his arms spread out and then Harry wakes up (laughs) It is not scary at all, but oh, I thought it was so good. Yeah. I believe this is our first shot of the Library of Crystal Balls. Oh, yeah. I think it is. I think it is. So eventually we get to a scene of 
Harry in class with Umbridge teaching defense against the dark arts. This is where she has the textbooks, which did anyone else notice that it's an inception on the cover where it's the cover is people reading the textbook. And then that textbook is another cover of people reading the textbook and it just goes on forever oh, like no. memento no, that's hilarious. literally i did not notice that also that's genius <laughs> considering what's going on in the scene where they're saying like right yeah oh that's that's hilarious that's awesome mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey this is editing mike on his phone because past editing mike was silly and forgot to record this portion of the episode before his parents came over this weekend and they're currently asleep in his bedroom which is where his microphone setup is anyway we've got to take a break for wingardium Adriosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Wix. Let's say hypothetically that you are being tortured by one of your teachers in Hogwarts and you need to get the word out there that she is making you write stuff in your hand and it's not true and it's really bad and you got to get the word out. How are you going to do so? You're going to make a website putting her on blast and how are you going to make that website? You're going to do it with Wix. Wix makes it incredibly easy to make a website and put one of your professors on blast for being a horrible human being because they have so many different templates that are so easy to work with. We have made Wix websites for the Potterless site, for the horse site, for my personal website, and it's all been a really smooth process for my personal site. I don't know what I'm doing, so it's nice and simple for me. For the Potterless and horse sites, Kelly has a lot of experience with web design, so she was able to tinker around and make a lot of really cool features and stuff like that. So whatever end of the web design spectrum you fall on, Wix is perfect for you. And what's great is there's no time limit on their free aspect of it. You can take as much time as you want to make your website perfect. And then if you want to upgrade to premium to get some of their premium features, like a custom domain name or email services, you can do so. And as a Potterless listener, you can save 10% off. If you go to potterlesspodcast.com slash Wix and click the link, you'll get 10% when you upgrade to Wix Premium. So again, go to potterlesspodcast.com slash Wix, click the link, get 10% off when you upgrade to Wix Premium and successfully put your teacher on blast with a very pretty website today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me, others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are. So it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want. And then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me. And then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com. Wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 
bucks right there. Wow. Anyways, that's a rashtn.com slash potterless for 10% off your first purchase. That's a wild offer. 10% off a $40 swap bag. That's a transparent way. That's a really good sports nerd slash Pokemon nerd. For all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. In this scene, though, when Harry is yelling at Umbridge about the Voldemort stuff and that they have to really practice it and they can't just read out of a book, all these other things. This is one of the first instances where Daniel Radcliffe's acting chops really show out. I thought he did this scene masterfully Mm -hmm. because this is always a really important one in the books. And I was envisioned it in my head and I just think he nailed it here and I really enjoyed it. I thought he did a great job. I thought that the scene was a little silly just because of the... You're in wizard school and Harry's like, I want some goddamn hands-on experience. How am I actually going to learn anything if you don't let me be a wizard? I get it. But I'll, I don't know. I liked it. I thought yeah. it was good. And then, of course, pairing that with Umbridge, just ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, I thought it was a very good back and forth. Harry almost says Voldemort three times, which, as we all know, <laughs> makes him show up. <laughs> he says it twice. I counted. <laughs> so then... He gets detention. He has to go into Umbridge's room to do the writing, the hand cut thing. And they show Umbridge putting three very large spoonfuls of sugar (laughs) into her tiny little teacup, which I don't know what's going on, but this woman's (laughs) diet, she's not doing great. That is way too much sugar for the amount of tea that you have in your cup, Dolores. She needs to put sugar inside of her so that she stays wholesome (laughs) and not a monster. Mm, I see, I see, I see. This was legit one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in the whole movie, was this moment. Because I just also, like, I loved, like, just the concept of this, right? She's like, you're going to use my pen today. (laughs) And, like, he starts writing and then just starts, like, carving into his flesh. And I was like, holy shit balls. This is really great. Say what you will about Dolores Umbridge and what with her mutilating children. She has a killer collection of cat plates. Animated (laughs) cat plates. My goodness. They're beautiful. Now, I read a little behind the scenes about this bad boy, and they had an overnight photo shoot to capture (gasps) all those cat images. Oh, my gosh. Guys, we only got these kitty cats for eight hours. (laughs) Buckle up. They're all incredible. They're so fantastic. Now, I want to know if this is like something you buy out of a wizard's catalog it must be. Where would you get collectible cat plates in the wizarding world? There's like there's like a a, a wizard <laughs> a wizard like infomercial yeah. just like selling cat teacups. Is there a wizard QVC? <gasps> yes, there has to be. I wholeheartedly believe that there is. Yeah, you stick your face in the fireplace and cat plates come out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a wizard Bowflex that you can get. Mm-hmm. Speaking of how ruthless Dolores was in this scene. When she delivers a line in response to Harry asking how many times or how long he should do it, she says, for as long as the message takes to sink in. Oh, she delivers that line so, so So cold-bloodedly. So good. I found myself wondering, (sighs) putting myself in Harry's shoes, be like, okay, but 
How long is that? <laughs> uh, once is good. I think I'm all set. Uh, so after that, we get a scene between Harry and Luna about the Thestrals. And this scene is definitely different from the books because it's kind of hybriding two different scenes. In the books, you learn about Thestrals from Hagrid mm. in one of the Karamagical Creatures classes. And this sort of back and forth between... Luna and Harry about her mom and all these other things that happens in the conversation that Harry and Luna have later in the book. So I was just very confused about why they decided to change this and make it happen so early. I don't know. Yeah. It was strange. Well, uh, you know, this movie is just whipping along. It gives something for Luna to do because I think outside of this, she wouldn't have much to do. And she <laughs> is a major character from this point forward. Right. I thought they had more chemistry in the movie than Harry and Cho did. Oh, 100%. A hundred. And then I was like, well, then why is Harry kissing this other girl? <laughs> because Harry thinks Cho is hot and Harry is 15 and he doesn't think about things more than just our people are hot. And he doesn't realize that Luna is a much better fit for him because mm -hmm. he's not smart. Sure, I guess, but they just, like, even though, like, they just had chemistry. Like, Cho is just there. Mm -hmm. Cho is, like, in the category of, like, Fig, where you're like, you're there. That, that's kind of like how the books are, too. Yeah, Cho is just there. We're dating. I don't know if we're a good match, but we're dating. <laughs> They're not Aww. a good match at all, but she's cute and good at Quidditch, so Harry wants to date her. Isn't she, like, also totally in love with, like, Cedric? Well, she was, but he's dead. Yeah. But but that's what I mean, right? Like, you're not really over that. Oh, no, she's not over it at all. And how Hogwarts doesn't have a therapist, which it needs. A guidance counselor <laughs> of sorts is necessary at the school, and Cho needs it. And everybody's just like, oh, yeah, Cho cries all the time. Yeah, her boyfriend is dead. Maybe she needs somebody to talk to about this. She's 15 or 16 or whatever. Hey, I mean, maybe she should just date the guy that was there when he died. <laughs> That's super, super healthy. healthy. But back to this Luna scene where she's talking about Thestrals and hanging out with them. Luna is feeding them food. She rolls an apple to one of the baby Thestrals. But then she just takes out a chunk of raw meat out of yeah. her bag. I thought that was like a tongue or something. It's wrapped in nothing. Luna, do you want to get salmonella? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Luna rules. <laughs> Here's the thing. She stole that purse. <laughs> so she's not concerned about meat juice in there. <laughs> What's the spell against salmonella? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So then this is the first part of the movie where I started to not enjoy it. And it's the Umbridge taking over the school montage. Oh, yeah. Like montage number one of three. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry. Rewinding. Where do you get meat at a school? The house elves? What or who did Luna kill? <laughs> She could have stolen it from the kitchens, I guess. Yeah. I uh, When I was at college, I, there was no facility for me to go just get raw meat. That sounds like there's a problem with your college then. And it was a Catholic school, which is practically wizards. <laughs> <laughs> but was it a Catholic boarding school? Oh, no. Mm, there it is. That's oh, yeah. the key. There you go. You can get meat at boarding schools. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, the montage, uh, I just, I didn't like that it was a montage. I didn't like that there was this up beat music behind it because it's something that's bad. What's happening is bad. What's happening is not funny. And they put this cute music behind it 
And I don't know. I just felt like it really missed the mark. I kind of liked it. And I think it's yeah. just because my favorite part of these movies is seeing the goings on during the school year. That's what I like. And this had a lot of it. Right. Uh, but it, it definitely was silly. And I think you can't make these movies without a bazillion montages just because of the time constraints. Yeah. Right. I just didn't get why it had to be this upbeat, whimsical, oh, she's so evil, it's funny montage. Yeah. I don't know. It just felt out of place. I don't know if it was that it's so evil, she's funny. I want to say that it's like on the outside, she appears to be nice and light and fluffy. Mm. Okay. But then there's darkness. That's how I took it. Okay. I can see it. I can see it. It kind of reminded me of like... <laughs> If anyone's seen the Ramones movie, Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> no, yes. but what a deep cut. Oh, yeah. I saw that in theaters in Spokane. Uh, but Someone <laughs> driving in their car right now is screaming in excitement at the top of their lungs. <laughs> I certainly Just like so. I just did. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like this sense of like, yeah, like... When you're a teen, being mad at the teachers is fun and cool, and we're not going to take it anymore, but that's part of the game, and in two years we'll be out of here, and who cares? To me, it felt like that a little bit, like, you know, the Ramones are playing, we're, you know, spray painting the side of the school and get chased off. We're two notches away from yakety sax being played, but we're not quite there. We're still a little cool. <laughs> I see it. I see it. I see it. I didn't enjoy, though, when Umbridge took out a measuring tape to measure how tall Flitwick was? <laughs> yeah, that was real <laughs> shitty. I was like, so he's too short to be a teacher? Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's not, that was definitely not in the book. I don't get why it's here. It's not a good look. It, it didn't age well. I, it just felt, uh, it's just, what are we doing? I don't know. Okay, here's why I think that's in there. I wrote down a list of things that were in the montage. She bans kissing. She uh, dislikes Trelawney. She makes ties tighter. Uh, she bans music. No Weasley products. Enforces a dress code. And then there might be some people watching the movie saying, I agree with all these changes. The very last thing, she measures Flitwick, which is just unforgivably bad. And mm. the movie is saying, okay. if you agree with those other things you're a flitwick measurer <laughs> i can see that yeah there, there are like the no 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 because no. i remember when i was in middle school um our principal she went on the morning announcements <laughs> this is when i moved to um muckle teo for eighth grade and like the school principal gets on and makes he's like and, and muckle teo for those of you who don't know is like this nice little town by the water in like washington I forget our principal's name, but she gets on the morning announcements and just starts talking about like how she's really sick and tired of like looking at, uh, you know, the boys with their saggy pants. And she goes and she goes, and I quote, it looks like you made a bowel movement in your pants. And like and the whole time she's like shaking her head and like disapproval. And so it's like, yeah, like people like that are totally on that train right where it's like you got to look proper you got to have your ties tight you got to have your pants pulled up you got to have your shirt tucked in but measuring like flitwick is just like inappropriate yeah, you know right. yes i love the look he gives her too oh, yeah. <laughs> when it happens yeah. like just confused and a little disgusted like wait what yeah so to be clear i was proposing that mostly as a joke but i sold you guys and you sold me <laughs> I, I, I mean 
I think it works. Honestly, it that works. could be the explanation. Yeah, Daniel, maybe like your artistic subconscious was telling you something. Yeah, just say it as a joke. You don't actually believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so a scene that happens soon after is Trelawney getting fired. And again, this is a crushing scene. Emma Thompson does very well as Trelawney Emma here. Emma Thompson, that's who that is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, the whole time I was looking at that, I was like, who is her? Anyway, keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> so Dumbledore's entrance, though, absolutely fantastic. Mm. That's really solid work there. Just coming in, defending her, saying that Umbridge isn't in the right place to banish her from the school. I really thought Michael Gambon did a better job as Dumbledore here. And maybe it's like you were saying earlier, Daniel, that this movie just kind of suits the way he plays Dumbledore a little bit better. But I thought it was great. Yeah, this is good. (laughs) I'm a little conflicted because there's much to do about Trelawney. And she ties into the MacGuffin at the end. But I'm kind of like, why are we so... What's all this back and forth? I can't remember exactly how this works out in the book i guess and that's why i'm so confused which i think is the shortfall of this movie this scene was done pretty true to form in the book but i think that the books you get a there's more about umbridge sitting in on people's classes and being a bad influence on the school she has more back and forths with mcgonagall and Mm. All this other stuff. It's just her trying to slowly raise her profile at Hogwarts and take more and more control. And Dumbledore just kind of lets this all happen. But then the final straw is when she tries to fire Trelawney and send her home. And then that is what kicks Dumbledore and Nagira to say, no, you can't do this. This is where I'm drawing the line. Okay. And then she just gets to hang out at school. Mm-hmm. Not doing Pretty anything. Great. Yeah. Free room and board, baby. Yeah. It was a small mercy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad Dumbledore's doing stuff, though he snubs uh he snubs Harry pretty hard. Pretty hard. That was all part of his plan though. Oh yes, but just his plan that didn't work. So <laughs> later on we have a scene of Harry talking to Sirius in the fireplace. And I hate how they changed fireplace Sirius. Oh. Because in the fourth movie when Harry talks to Sirius in a fireplace his face is made out of coals yeah. from the fireplace and he's oh. weird and whispers he's like Harry I don't have much time <laughs> but in this one it's just his face in the flames it's oh. way less fun it is so much less fun as a person that's read the books this is way more in line with how I like envisioned it in my head so I'm like oh thank god he's not like made out of embers anymore <laughs> like, the logistics of that are horrifying <laughs> I think it makes a lot more sense by the way the books did it. But uh, once you introduce his face is coals and a fire, you can't, David Yates, you can't change that on me, my guy. You got to give me it. It is funny to see what the different directors like pick from the previous movies to use and also abandon like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, uh, that fireplace thing was dumb. I'm not going to use it. It's just going to be a hologram. (laughs) Although, to be fair, like, I thought we couldn't see enough of his face in the fire, and that kind of bothered me. You needed more Gary Oldman in it? It needed more Gary Oldman. (laughs) (laughs) Full body fireplace projection, please. Full body fireplace. (laughs) Can we just have him, like, full, like, you know, Burt Reynolds on the, like, just lounging on the flames? Put it in portrait mode, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, I feel like I couldn't see his face very well, so I didn't like it. Yeah. They did change something fun in the books 
he has to leave because someone is monitoring the flu network and it is Umbridge herself. Mm-hmm. And in the books, you have this great thing of he leaves the fireplace and then you see her hand reach through the fireplace to try oh. to get whoever was there. And I always thought that was cool and I wanted to see that visual how they did it in the movie. And then they just decided, no, Mike, this isn't cool. We're not putting it in. I'm uh, David Yates. Sorry, I'm David Yates. <laughs> howdy, howdy. <laughs> Kentucky's finest, David Yates. <laughs> Later in the movie, the kids are like, we can't use the flu network. It's monitored. And I was just like, oh, okay. I guess it is. I've heard about that before. <laughs> so we have a transition scene that happens after this where they go through the rain. And just for some reason, part of the rain is in the shape of a snake that goes, Mary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess Voldemort's in control of the weather now. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, no, the camera for the movie being made about this is flying through my cloud. Better be scary. <laughs> So the next scene, you've got them prepping to do Dumbledore's army, and you've got the whole room together. And it first starts with a few people not trusting Harry. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Ron calls someone a toss pot, which is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I forget what he says, but he ends it with, yeah, toss pot, which is great. I See, even I, the foremost British expert, don't know what that means. Oh, I, can I think I can guess. He's like, he's I like can guess toilet. what it means. But I want to get Dottie in the mix because it's been too many episodes with Dottie James not here. So for this, we're going to turn to our UK correspondent, Dottie James, to let us know, A, what's a tosspot? And B, do people call people tosspots? And now it is time for British Quandaries with UK correspondent, Dottie James. To call someone a tosspot means you're calling them an idiot or a twit. Um, Just anyone who's behaving a bit idiotically. Apparently, Google says it originates from uh, someone who drinks a lot, but that doesn't seem to be the general use of the term today. This has been British Quandaries with UK correspondent Dottie James. Wow, Dottie, thanks so much. I know more things about British slang. Here's another question I should have asked beforehand if a toss pot could toss pots. I can't remember the rest of How many of this. pots there would it go. toss? <laughs> thanks, Mike. <laughs> Happy to help. I'm here. Improv, setting it up, slamming yep. it down. That's right. <laughs> Receive your gift. Deliver on promises. <laughs> But the whole Dumbledore's army scene is great. Again, I thought Daniel Radcliffe did a very good job here as Harry teaching to the class. There wasn't enough Zachariah Smith being shitty, which I think is a key element for the book version of this scene. Mm. But I did appreciate Dumbledore's army. But also, they ruined one of my favorite things by not putting it in, which is Cho Chang at some point suggests a name. She wants to call it the Defense Alliance when they're trying to figure out a name when they're all signing the contract. (laughs) And Ginny at this point, who we later learn has interest in Harry and Harry has interest in her. She doesn't like Cho's name. So she's like, yeah, DA is cool. Let's call it Dumbledore's Army instead, which I think is great. I love her being like, no, 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 Cho, step aside. This is my future man. <laughs> Stay and away. just cut it. Yeah. Ugh, hate it. I wish they had kept that in because I feel like deciding on the name of some dumb club as a child is like such a relatable experience. Mm -hmm. We all named our bands. I think that goes to your point about more of the school stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a club called the XPs. Uh, I named it. 
Basically, what you described exactly happened. I was like, we should be the XPs because Super Soaker, who makes water guns, just released a line of water guns called Super Soaker XPs. And I think that's cool. So that's the name of our club. <laughs> Wait, what was the club about? Uh, just, you know, me and my neighbors hanging out, <laughs> causing trouble. <laughs> I knew it. Swearing in the woods. <laughs> so is that more like your gang name? Yes. <laughs> the XPs. You've got the Bloods. You've got the Crips. You've got, you got the, the XPs. XPs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I had to throw away all of my XP colors. <laughs> but I got uh, my neighbor Nick renamed the club to the ex-presidents, which kept the acronym, but I felt snubbed. It lost its super soaker origin, which was a big part of who we were. Dude, but calling yourselves the ex-presidents is way better. I, yeah, that's look, real gnarly. I know it's better, but it wasn't my idea. <laughs> Now, what came first, Super Soaker XPs or Windows XPs? And why did one company not sue the other? Mm, that's a I'm good gonna question. Th- I think the Super Soaker came first. I think you're right, because I believe uh, that was back in the heady days of Windows 95. <laughs> oh, baby. I'm Googling Super Soaker XP. Oh, it's that one? Oh, wow. There's a few of them. Uh, you know, as one of the founding members of the XPs, I think I should know. Guys, there's a website called iSoaker.com, which clearly <laughs> has not been updated since maybe 2002. Because it's just text. Oh, my oh. goodness. I'm on iSoaker.com. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I had the one at the top, the, uh, what is that? The 150 <laughs> the, or the SS300, <laughs> the one with the green tank. But I also had the one with the gigantic tank and the two green balls on it. Oh, yes. And that yes, thing yes. was excessive. Mm-hmm. That it was wild. not fun to get sprayed by that. So well, from what I've learned from this research is that the Super Soaker XP line launched in 1994. Why didn't Super Soaker sue Microsoft. Think of all the money they could get. Oh, and there could have been a New York Post headline called Super Soaker, S-U-E. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> what a lost opportunity for Fuck. humanity. If only they had you around in 94, Mike. If only. Yeah, I was there. I was just two. You're going to find a time machine and go back and not be like, invest in Amazon or whatever. You're going to be like, tell Super Soaker to sue Microsoft. <laughs> I'll go back in time. I'll do that. And then I'll also go to my mom and be like, look, I know I'm being a pain in the ass because I was a monster when I was two. But look, look at me. I've gone on to do great things. I make fun of children's books professionally. I'm doing great. And also, whatever you do, do not read me Harry Potter. You weren't going to anyways. But in case I change something, don't don't, still do it. it. Don't do it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's very essential that I don't read these books. (laughs) To go back to the Hogsmeade scene for a second, I liked... Harry's humility and he does a good job of acting it but I always project onto him like oh you know like everyone says I'm all great but I'm not that great but on the inside he's thinking like it's not easy being the baddest wizard in the world survive (laughs) being killed by a snake man also the Dumbledore's army had a sign-in sheet amateur move for your radical organizing you're gonna get some Slytherin in there and they're just gonna take a photo of that with their iPhone or wizard phone or whatever and send it to Umbridge you're done but the key was in the book and it made sense and this is something they removed is Hermione put a charm on the sign-in sheet where if anybody told someone in power like Umbridge about Dumbledore's army they would get cursed with boils slash acne scars on their face that said 
sneak on it, I think. <laughs> and Marietta does this. So yeah, Jakiva, it's a whole more uh, cutthroat way of how they find out about Dumbledore's army is Marietta Edgecombe snitches on him and then she gets long-lasting scars on her face, Yikes. which is an intense Ooh. move from Hermione. Well, as the old saying goes, snitches get boils. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I'm I'm all on board with that. Man, I wish that was in the book. Okay, in about 10 or 15 years, they're going to do a gritty reboot mm-hmm. of Harry Potter, and I'm waiting They for will. <laughs> oh, they're going to do it a thousand million percent. There's oh, way yeah. too much money to be made for them not to do it. Totally. I mean, if they did fucking Spider-Man eight million fucking times, then like they're totally going to do at least one gritty mm-hmm. reboot of Harry Potter. And it'll be on Warner Brothers Plus, <laughs> which will have... Ooh, that that in the Matrix and all the Batman. Ooh, sign me up. <laughs> uh, I'm so upset. It's not that I have to pay for all these services, but now I have to remember all these different logins of all my friends and family that I've oh, scattered yeah. together that have the different services. God. Oh my God, right? Like seriously. <sighs> my sister has Disney Plus and Kelly's sister has Hulu and Kelly's ex-boyfriend's mom has our Xfinity login, which I use to get HBO. (laughs) It's a whole ordeal. (laughs) That's low, man. I'm currently underground on, uh, let's see, my wife's ex-roommate's parents' HBO account. (laughs) They ever change that password, we're screwed. Way to blast it. So later on, they get the reveal of the room of requirement, which is different in the books. Dobby, the house elf, who's just not in this movie, even though he's kind of important in this book he tells harry about the room of requirement helps him find it etc but again which is becoming a theme is that things that dobby does in the books they just have neville do in the movies instead neville just bumps (laughs) into it yeah he gets made fun of in the hallway and feels sad so then the room of requirements like come on in and cry here neville (laughs) but i will say the reveal of it is very cool with the stone on the wall chipping away and then the iron gate aspect of it comes in. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah. The room of requirement is maybe my favorite part of this movie because I guess it's just a fun idea and also it is just the kids hanging out at school doing stuff. It's very good. Uh, And also lots of kissing happens there. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did anybody else feel like that kiss between like Cho and Harry was weird? Yeah. I mean they're not made for each other. Well sure but like I just mean like actor wise oh. I don't know it just felt like it was more of a face smash than it was like a passionate mm-hmm. kiss well, you know what I mean I mean well what if we're saying Daniel Radcliffe is the age of Harry he was 15 and I will say that my first kiss was a botched attempt at a kiss mm-hmm. okay sure but this is this is a movie I want to see <laughs> True. like a romantic they got kiss more than one take wind. so my uh, my wife They're is here kids. in the background <laughs> My wife, Catherine, is weighing in. Renowned good kisser, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, she did just be like, they're 15. And I was like, true, I guess. Not everyone was a master kisser like you, Mike. Oh, no, I'm saying my first one was awful. It was so bad. I was homecoming my sophomore year of high school, and I walked my girlfriend to, sorry, I walked my date. Was it were we girlfriend? What high school dating means? <laughs> if nothing. you have to ask, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> it was the classic, like, we hung out at a school dance once, so then I asked her out, and she said yes, and now that means we're boyfriend, girlfriend, not that oh, we've, yeah. like, gone on less than a date. But walked my date from homecoming after the game back to 
her front door. And by that, I mean my parents picked us up from the football game because I could not drive. Yeah. And we sat in the back seat and they drove me to her parents' house. I walked her to the front door and then before she went inside, uh, made it clear that it was it was kiss time and I leaned in for the kiss and just did a little like peck. But the problem is I went in and then I was already moving back. And when I was moving back after the kiss, I realized I missed like half her mouth. So I kissed like <laughs> half of her mouth and then part of her cheek. And I was already moving away. I was like, oh no, I've already ended the kiss, but it was bad. I can't do a second one. Uh oh. And then she was like, all right, good night. And I was like, good night. And then I walked back, like, what are you doing? You blew it. The whole time you're talking about this, I can't help but picture you with a bowl cut while this is happening. Oh, I had a bowl cut. It was bad, (laughs) it was full effect. But yes, then I walked back to my parents' car, like, you idiot. But then I vowed that at the dance, which was the following night, I would do better. And I did do better. So, yay. But yeah, my first kiss sucked. I was bad at it. Yeah, first kisses aren't good. Mine was in a crowded theater seeing the movie Solaris with George Clooney. It was exceedingly boring. And my date also couldn't stop coughing. (laughs) So why did you kiss her? Did you get mono afterwards? No, well, uh, you know, like a few months later, but... (laughs) (laughs) Just purely coincidental. Purely coincidental. My first kiss was great. Oh, Oh, well, good Um, for you. literally put his lips... He put his lips over my lips. Uh huh. Over. And then just kind of like sucked over. An advanced technique. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Normally don't learn that one until college, but okay. He was trying so hard to be sexy too because we won't go into like the whole backstory about how this first kiss happened, but it was very much like, hey. And he like pulled me around and then like tried to be real sexy, but just put his mouth over my mouth and just. <laughs> okay, so even if all of our first kisses are bad, that doesn't change the point of like in TV land, we want it to be more magical than that. And it well, was. Yeah, but this is Harry's first kiss. So maybe David Yates was like, yeah, make it awkward. No, no. <laughs> oh, hey there, boy. Why do you make that first kiss a little more awkward? <laughs> between no sure like realistically yes that's probably how it was but i'm still like this is a film and i want it to be like the kiss that we all wish we had not the actual kiss we had yeah look not every first kiss can be that kiss from top gun where the tongues get incredibly extended from their mouth in silhouette form (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's a good scene i remember my dad not letting me watch that part when i was young when top gun was on tv and then later on watching top gun at a more advanced age and thinking yeah probably good that i didn't see this at age 11 yeah who really that kiss you would have been irreparably harmed by seeing the silhouette of a tongue (laughs) oh no i think honestly more so than it being that it would have harmed me I think it was just good for me to not think that that's what kissing is. Yeah. Because can you imagine if I walked Nicole back to her door and then I was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, probably not. Yeah, that's a good point. <gasps> All right, oh, where man. are we? <laughs> uh, Harry Potter. So uh, they're, they're in the room of requirement. And Hermione is the one who explains how 
the room of requirement works to Harry, which doesn't make sense. She's like, oh, yeah, the room of requirement. It's secret. Here's all these things. It's like, why didn't you suggest we find this place earlier, Hermione? But you got to have someone explain it. And every time anyone explains anything in this movie, they give it to Hermione. Yeah. Well, she knows everything. She does. Well, we should point Ugh. out this is during a montage. Montage number two. Mm-hmm. But this montage makes more sense. I yes. enjoy it. The only things that don't make sense is first, having filch-shaped dummies feels a bit unnecessary. (laughs) They learn a spell that shrinks the filch dummy and gives it a little unicycle. Yeah, I loved that. I was like, what spell is this? It's my favorite. Why aren't we casting this on the Death Eaters? (laughs) Turn you in a little toy unicycle that runs away. Do they ever show the bottom of the filch dummies? Because maybe they're all on you unicycles oh and they roll them into position yeah no i the research is required well so wait we might have to go to the movie but i thought like it i could have sworn like they turned somebody into a like the dummy oh with like a unicycle so scary like an actual person that they're battling oh no i think it's one of the dummies you think it's one of the dummies yeah I think the room of requirement is like, you guys need some dummies because you want to train in here. Well, here's some dummies. Okay. Maybe it just happened really fast because I, I thought it was a person. And I was like, that's kind of cool. These kids killed someone. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't kill him. They turned him into a statue and blew him up like 12 times. Yeah. And they repurposed him and it was fine. It was fine. The other thing that didn't make sense is that Nigel is back. I don't like Nigel. He's a character that has just been added into the movies. And he's basically Colin Creevy, but instead he's Nigel. Joel, I was so I don't like it. He's they added him a couple movies ago, either in the third and the fourth movie. He's there, and he basically takes the place of Colin Creevy or Colin Creevy's little brother, who are both established characters in the books. But now he's Nigel, and I'm convinced that someone lost a bet, and they were forced to put a kid character in there and name him Nigel. They're like, we got to put some extra content in the movies that's not in the books so that we get all the people that have read the books to come out, and they want to see an original character like Nigel. <laughs> some little blonde kid that doesn't so do anything. He's short, so, this is a so true, he's funny. This is true, but like, so Britain is like running out of like people being named Nigel. Oh no! They like they even had a whole Nigel convention. <laughs> so perhaps them like creating this character named Nigel was to like boost the number uh, of like mothers who pop out babies being named Nigel. That makes sense. You can literally look this up. This is true. Like Nigel was like in the 1960s, the number one name. And then like this past year, no one was born named Nigel. And so a lot of British people are upset about it. Mm. It's not an endangered species. You don't need to be named yes, Nigel. Yes, it is. It's an endangered species. We need to start conserving our Nigels. Yeah. We got to put them on <laughs> I, the list. I mean, people aren't named Gertrude anymore. Uh, we need to conserve them too. Yeah, that's true. We need to get more Gertrude. So we need to create a Gertrude club. Reduce, reuse, reproduce. That's how we get them back. <laughs> and name your kid Nigel or Gertrude. I mean, once we had Nigel Thornberry, I think we were all set. We don't need any more Nigels. Oh, yeah. That was peak Nigel. That was the Wait, from the TV Nigel. show, The Thornberries? Or is there mm-hmm. like... Hello, I'm okay. Nigel Tim Curry, Thornberry. Nigel. Yes, yes, yes. For a split second, I was like, is there a person named Nigel Thornberry <laughs> in the Harry Potter verse? Because that's a, that's a mix-up I would love to happen. Mm, that's the crossover event we need. Avengers, get out of here. We need Nigel Thornberry in the Harry Potter universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fantastic Beasts and Weird 
to find them, but instead it's with Nigel Thornberry. That's way better. Uh, I'd be all on board. 100% on board. I I just remembered something. The Room of Requirement got a Christmas tree in it. Oh, it yeah. Really? And it, yeah. it also gets mistletoe at one point. Oh, yeah. uh, well, that's the kiss. It's like, we require a Christmas tree. And I guess the universe requires that Harry and Cho make out right now. <laughs> something that is very fun in this Room of Requirement scene, though, is when Ron and Hermione are starting to duel. And we start to get a little bit of the playful Ron and Hermione poking fun at each other but that's how they show that they like each other thing where Ron says he'll take it easy on her and Hermione says thanks Ronald which I love Hermione calling him Ronald this whole movie which she does it's very good I like it a lot but then what's so fun is Fred and George betting a sickle on who's gonna win the duel I love it I think it's very good See, I want my Harry Potter TV show where it's just a normal year at Hogwarts nothing goes (laughs) wrong no prophecies are fulfilled we just go to school we learn some things. There's some teenage drama. Yeah, that's my TV show, except for they're like a little older. It's yeah, like the yeah. college oh, years. Okay. Let's tag team this okay. pilot series. You'll do the co- like the high school thing, and then I'll do like the college years, like in year five or whatever when they go to wizard college. <laughs> wizard college. Or like, no, because it's seven years at Hogwarts. So then it'll be like the eighth year where like mm-hmm. they're going to college. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Warner Brothers, look us up. Fred needs to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> he broke his leg and needs to get a job to pay his medical bills. What's also great in this duel is that when Hermione sends Ron flying, the yelp that he lets out is A+. plus. It's just this like, whoo! Yeah. It's amazing. See, I was doing my normal thing with movies, which is watching them at like a volume of three with subtitles on because I'm one million years old. (laughs) Uh, But then you get some weird things in the montage where Filch is constantly waiting outside the room of requirement eating food. And this is, again, a lot of Filch in this movie, which doesn't feel like a character anybody's clamoring for. You have him hammering in all the decrees when Umbridge takes over. Now you've got him eating all the food, trying to go out and be there when they leave the room of requirement. Just a lot. I don't think anyone was really clamoring for more Filch. (laughs) Audiences (laughs) love him. I always laugh when I see Filch because I was a big fan of wizard people, dear reader. Oh, yes. It's the best thing on earth. It's It's some guy, Brad Neely. He just recorded himself talking over the entire first Harry Potter movie and like narrating like just basically an entirely different story set to the visuals of it. But he always refers to Filch as Dazzler, (laughs) which is the best name for him and describes him as the servant of the cat. (laughs) Mrs. Norris, who is renamed the blood-eyed cat. There's so many good things. And listeners out there, I'm going to do at least 15 episodes about Wizard People Day Reader. It's my favorite thing. I got to try to get Brad on the podcast for it. I really want that. Do it. I I want it. I want it so badly. It's so funny. That was one of the few things about Harry Potter that I did know in college. We used to watch that all the time. Me too. I had to ban it our senior year of college because it's like, these are our last weeks together. And then all we kept doing is watching wizard people (laughs) over and over. No, we need to actually talk to each other. This is our last time for this. Oh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Well, on that note, I can't think of a better way to wrap up this second of three parts of discussing Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So, Daniel and Jakiva, thank you so much for joining on. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Oh, uh, add my cats on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> add my cats on Instagram. <laughs> 
They are at Todd N Toast, T-O-D-N-T-O-A-S-T. And you know what? You can add me on Twitter. I don't post anything, but uh, my <laughs> handle is at Daniel R. K underscore. Wonderful for that non-existent content. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. Listen to my podcast, Third Act Saviors. That's what you should actually do. Yeah, that's the one. You can listen to mine where we uh, we did um, Lady in the Water. That's right. Oh, mm-hmm. so bad. So uh, I, I do a lot of things. The best way to find me is um, you just actually Facebook friend me, Jakiva Phillips. Or you can go, if you're an Instagrammer, Word Lit Zine. And that is, I have a small quarterly magazine where I interview local poets and writers and talk to them kind of in the same forum that we're doing here. And then I also have a television show called Z-Side, so you can check me out through there. Such a better plug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I called it Instagram, not Instagram. (laughs) Instagram. That's right. Doing it for the cram. (laughs) Doing it for the cram. Well, Daniel Jakiva, thanks so much for joining on. Listeners, thanks for listening. Until next time, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, before they download Instagram, (laughs) wizard on. (laughs) Are you all caught up on Potterless and you're searching for a new podcast? Do you want something that has an incredibly gripping story and amazing sound design? Do you want something that features some of your favorite past guests of Potterless and me and a couple cameo bits? You should check out Join the Party. Their epilogue for the first big old season of JTP is being posted tomorrow, Tuesday the 10th. It's the perfect time to go in and binge the whole show because the first wave of the story is done. It's great. It's brought me to laughs and tears before. I can't recommend it enough. Check it out at jointhepartypod.com slash start. Potterless was created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert as well as Vicky Garcia, Aaron Johnson, Jesse Horgan, Natalie Klobuchar, Char Klauser, Lopu, Frank Chiodo, Marchismo, Samantha Rose, Juan Sanfilio, Abita Med, Rosemary Dodge, Maria Lisa C. Keen, Romina Rivadanero, Camille Doc, Audra, Eleanor Curlin, Rossan Batamana, Nikita Power, Taylor Armstead, Ali Madsen, Amelia Krause, Sarah Nink, Ben Silver, Rachel Guthrie, Zachary Polito, Orca Grove, Vivian the Owl, Takari Rant, Haley Hastings, Moster, Angelina Withred, Caitlin Sullivan, Grace Riggles, Raul Pineda, Inga Nodstadter, Mari Wynn, Alex Consilver, John Cocker, Noel Basile, Tao, Emily Tyrell, Robin Fernandez, Will Barrington, Liz Bigelow, Brandon Pickens, Sarah Enslin, Claire Spencer, Rory Collier, Gloria Gillen, Alicat29, Veronica Vartova, Lada Bartova, Noah, Tracy Toya, Colleen, Jennifer Mark, Lou Friday, Jay Svensson, Ivor Peterson, Naomi Guglielmo, Tyler Latra, Summer Rathel, Heather Fleischman, Vera Cullitham, Carrie D. Bagason, Andrea Crock, Lisa Grieven, Lynn Walker, Cameron Watkins, Justin Montero, Christine Saunders, Jacob Parrish, Toothless Walnut, Maya Gray, Mark Body, Polly Burge, Netta Atabani, Remy Fontaine, Sarah Shecker, Nona VM, Zeno Rosnowski, Harlan Haskins, Noelia, Addie, Brian, Jenny Campion, Nikki Harris, Cara Hamilton, Courtney Hemwood, Kine, Amanda Alfred, Sabrina, Alicia McLaren, Kafir Shaltiel, Lindy Placky, Martha Madueno, Benjamin Desmond, Sarah Shedder, Marta Morrison, Stephanie Magnuson, Justine Wade, Aaron Richter, CJ Ochoco, Eileen Gazesh, Violet Sullivan, Kat Yowell, Lindsay Towning, Fielding Lee, Keegan Curran, Miranda Manning, Gail Ann, Mr. Folk, Adam Bryant, Christine Welton, Maya, Zachary Davis, Kieran, Heaven, Christy, Lily Leader Williams, Wire Warrior 4976, Flora Sake, Sierra Skiars, Ford, Georgia, Itzel Ime Ayala, Peter Wyckoff, Kenny Kane, Skyler Lily, Ed O'Ryan, Professor Threat, Kelsey Ulesian, Ellie Huskovchova, Lubin Maleo, Akinwande, Lena Karen, Daniel Fulkerson, Lee Lily, Elizabeth Christofferson, Abby, Luca Faccio, Michael David Yordi, Nice Earmuffs Potter, did your mom make them for you? Cara Hoyer, Tiffany Cottrell, Kelly Otilio, Nadia Vansgard, Carrie Crumpler, Jamie Kingston, Camilo Garcia, Connie Bienkowski, Mary Mateel, Jennifer Went, Anastasia Blake, Jaden Allman, Nedry OS, Matt Barger, Riley Lane, Will Husser, Zephyr Lawrence, Brett Clausen, Samantha Lentz, Kayla M. Simino, Lauren Wainwright, Aurora Fruhoff, Emma Clark, Hermione Snape, Megan Dick, Out of Context 69, Liam McCormick, Mulena Brandle, Marco Cepeda, Ella Robertson, Hannah Zeters, Cordy Spilker, Victoria McCormick, Marie Rieger, Ashton Gabrielson, Brittany Gutierrez, Phelan, Julie Walton, The Meadows Family, Jennifer From the Block, Anna Penalber Alvarez, Fake Valentine, Brianna. 
Jonah Jordan, Karu Teru, Sarah Saunders, McKenna Tweedy, Six, Awkward Nine, Anthony Ruiz, Peter Mina, Heather Langeal, Weekend of Dead Cat Ladies, Javi Guadalupe, Trejo III, Darlene Kerr, Brad Harding, Thomas Chavara, Charlotte, Brianna Cusimano, Kevin Stewart, Lori McDonald, Patrick Cribben, Chris U2, Alex Romano, Bugaboo, Jarl Sviven, Haley Logan, Adam Graham, Emma Ashley Enstrom, Peter McGrath, Sophie Duda, Jack McMahon, Jen and Rose Dowd, T Pixel Guy, Nicole Linzer, Out of Context 69, Callahan and Darius, Kylo the Husky, Leah Reed, Melissa Robb, Jordy Wright, Bella Barlack, Melanie Demi, Bill Gill, Steamed Nuggets, and Can't I Potter? Web designed by Kelly Beckman, and the music is by Bettina Kamamanas. If you want to find us on social media, you can at Facebook.com slash Potterless, Twitter.com slash Potterless Pod, Instagram.com slash Potterless Podcast, or Reddit.com slash R slash Potterless. For any and all information about the show, you can go to PotterlessPodcast.com. For bonus content, you can go to Patreon.com slash Potterless, and for merchandise, you can go to bit.ly slash Merch On. If you want to tell someone about the show, whether it's in person or online in a review, that helps so much. Thanks for listening, and until next time, as I say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Wizard On! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.